Welcome to your Locked On SEC Football Podcast, Week One in the Book. Support of your Locked On SEC Football Podcast comes from Manscaped, number one in men's below the belt grooming. You may have seen them on Shark Tank. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Locked On at manscaped.com. 20% off manscaped.com with the promo code Locked On. Now we previewed Tennessee, or reviewed, I should say. Tennessee, Auburn, South Carolina, Missouri, Alabama yesterday. Uh, so be feel free to download that podcast if you want to listen to those breakdowns. Uh, we'll get Georgia, LSU, Kentucky, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Arkansas today. But first, we do go back to a note about the Gamecocks, as there apparently, according to sources, will be a quarterback change. And I know you're critical of Jake Bentley. Uh, he's Chris Landry, I'm Dave Hooker, and Ron Halinski, uh, the very highly touted incoming freshman, will apparently take over. Thoughts, Chris? Well, let, let's make sure we know that 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 he hasn't taken over due to bad play, that Jake Bentley has a broken foot and he's going to be out for six weeks. So that's the reason for the change. You can certainly look at the play and say maybe it was warranted. But I don't think that they're making that change because the experience level of uh, Halinski is is not, uh, nor has he played well enough in practice to maybe warrant beating Bentley out. But but you know who knows? There, there's some people that think that's the direction they should have gone anyway. But just to be clear for everybody that this move is made strictly due to the foot injury um, with a broken foot. Now for people who don't know Ryan Halinski, um, you know he's a good young player. Um, you know, people may remember his brother was Tyler Helinski, who was the young man who's the backup quarterback of Washington State that uh, tragically committed suicide. Uh, wow! Now was it about 18 months ago? I mean, it was. It's it's been within the past couple of years. I've lost track of time. So um, obviously, a sad part of that story. The family after the situation has moved actually to um, Columbia, South Carolina, be with Ryan and support him. And so anyway, we'll, he's, uh, we'll see what he's going to do this week. There's not much of a sample size uh, gets thrown into the fire. Um, look, they've got Alabama in a week. They've got Charleston Southern this week. Um, you know, nothing like getting your feet wet a little bit and then being thrown into the deep end of the pool. And it, I mean, it's uh, going to be quite a challenge. Uh, listen, I think they've got to figure out their running game, and I think they've got to figure out some things defensively because um, there's no question Jake Bentley contributed greatly with the turnovers, but they couldn't get off the field um, last week against North Carolina when they needed to, and uh, they couldn't run the football and stay on the field with a 20 to nine lead. And that's not all on Bentley, but you know certainly a contributing factor that when you get behind and a quarterback's forcing the ball as Bentley does, that's what happens turnovers take place and end up blowing big leads. Well, I just kind of wonder too, we, we've seen this situation at other schools. Um, Holinsky would think is the future. Uh, Jake Bentley, does he ever get that job back even when, when he's healthy? Good point. We'll see. Um, Good point. We'll, we'll and see. you know, there there's with their record, you know, you, you know, there's a lot of pressure internally with a coach that says this kid's worked hard. Bentley, Deserves his job back. But if Linsky plays well, um, there's really no reason to. It's the best thing for the team moving forward. Um, 
to see what your future is with Helensky. And, and um, you know, I think that that's a really good point. Georgia Vanderbilt, the only conference matchup in week number one. Thoughts on how the Bulldogs looked? Obviously, this is a big season for them. You know, no, listen, I thought they did a nice job, you know, in the passing game, you know, early. I thought the offensive line was outstanding. It wasn't real crisp in terms of into after the first few series. I think there's a little bit of, you know, Alabama started off slow. Ohio State, Georgia really started off pretty strong and then kind of just just lost a little bit of their rhythm, their pace. Um, but, you know, I thought they were real. I thought the offensive line was really good. Defensive line got a lot of pressures. I thought that was really good. I The way they shut down some really good weapons for Vanderbilt was impressive. So I, I think while the story is, well, how did Fromm play? I think the backs ran well. Swift was, outsta- Swift was outstanding. Look, I, I can tell you from what I saw, this offensive line is as good as advertised. The running backs are as good as advertised. You know, Fromm is going to make good decisions to protect the fo- football. They're going to win just on that alone. And, oh, by the way, the defense can keep them in every game, you know, make winning plays for them. It's going to be a really, really good season for Georgia. Um, and I thought Robertson was really good. Um, the, the receiving core, which has been much questioned, I thought they did a nice job. And I don't know that they're going to be, you know, the as uh, uh, bad or, you know, certainly I don't think they're going to be bad at all. But it's not going to be as big of a problem as people think. And I think when and if that shows up, that's going to be in some bigger games down the road. But I think their balance, their play up front, is going to get the right type of coverage matchups where those receivers are going to be much more effective. And as they work and develop the passing game, I think this passing game is going to be really good. Even though they don't have receivers that look like Alabama, they'll still be a pretty good passing game, I do believe. Agreed. Uh, Ole Miss goes to uh, Memphis, and we talked about this from uh, uh, all kinds of peripheral, and that is a recruiting perspective, a lot of boosters. Uh, from Ole Miss are in the town of Memphis. And this isn't a big year for Memphis, at least not expected. They lose to Memphis. Um, you could say it's just a season-opening loss, but uh, this could be a sign of things to come. Well, first of all, the positives. Ole Miss defense really played well. Mike McIntyre, week one, small sample size, very good job. They were aligned properly. Um <clears throat> they did a really good job of holding down a Memphis offense that's really good, that's going to score a lot of points um, in the AC this year. Uh, so that was really positive, holding them to 15 points. Offensively, they, they appear to be a mess. They were not very good. I thought Ole Miss was outplayed up front. I thought Memphis had their way with Ole Miss's offensive line. It was a problem. I don't think – for their success of the defense, I don't think the defensive line was all that impressive for Ole Miss either. But, again, I thought they held their own. But I worry about their offense. And, you know, the whole – and I always laugh with this. You know, you, you lose a lot of great players. But Rich Rodriguez is coming in. And, you know, I you know, I remember Rich Rodriguez. And he's going to come in and spray magic pixie dust. And, man, it's going to be, woo, look at this. They, they'll score a bunch of – it's going to be a – it's a work in progress for this offense. And they've got to figure out how to run the football. And first of all, they've got to figure out how to block people up front because it's going to get tougher to block people going forward 
than what they had to in week one. So there's going to have to be a significant improvement in terms of their ability to play well up front because offensively, they don't have the big weapons. This is not the Ole Miss offense that's going to score 40 points a game. Um, unless they get a, a much better play at the line of scrimmage, they're, they're going to have a hard time getting into the 20. So they got a lot of work to do on the offensive side of the ball. And we're going to get into it this week, Dave, but this Ole Miss-Arkansas game, you know, Ole Miss won and wasn't all that impressive. Arca- excuse me, Ole Miss lost and wasn't all that impressive. Arkansas won and was not all that impressive. This looks like clearly a game this week that's for the basement or staying out of the basement in the SEC West. Those teams have a long way to go, in my view. Agreed. And we'll talk about Arkansas coming up. Also, Mississippi State, Kentucky, LSU, your Locked on SEC football podcast. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. More after this. You are Locked on SEC football, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. You're locked on SEC football podcast, LSU, Georgia Southern. You look at the scoreboard and uh, LSU's uh, much talked about offense uh, is able to put 55 on the board. 55 to three was the final score. Joe Burrow with uh, five touchdowns. Thoughts on the offense? Did uh, I know that we talked a lot about that or John doing a lot of talking in the offseason about how different they were going to be a multiple that they were going to be. Did he live up to his own height? Yeah, listen, they, they, the offense was really sharp. Joe Burrow was outstanding and that's the biggest thing. They've got a guy that's smart. That's a decision maker. That's accurate. Um, that is a big time, tough guy and a leader in Joe Burrow. That's, that's what's going to make the offense go. Uh, you can, see the impact that Joe Brady's had and the play calling a little bit easier when you're able to dominate a team at the line of scrimmage like they did. We're going to see a a, a bigger challenge this week as they've got Texas in what is uh, one of the two biggest games around the country this week, and they involve, both of them involve the SEC teams, A&M, Clemson being the other. But the ball came out of Joe Barr's hands very quickly. He found 14 different receivers. Um... They, you know, really a good start. You know, somebody asked me last night on a show that, um, you know, what team looked the most impressive in week one, which is, okay, I mean, you know, that's, you got to look at who you played and all that. I don't know that I can say that anybody was any sharper or better than LSU. Just not saying they're the best team, but just in the week one, they were really, really good. Defensively. Really good effort against the option game. Never let their offense get uh, on track. So it's it's a mature-looking team. The offensive execution was really, really good for week one. The tempo was good. They spread the field very well, very efficient. They are very physical. Thought the offensive line played better. All that said, uh, we're going to see what, what they've got against a Texas team and vice versa. We're going to see what Texas has. As Texas was... You know, pretty impressive, and Ellinger was pretty impressive against Louisiana Tech. That's going to be an interesting matchup we're going to get into more of later in the week. Kentucky with a slow start against Toledo, but in the end, Terry Wilson, 19-26, 246 yards, two touchdowns, did not throw an interception. Uh, pretty efficient. Um, we talked about his big play ability, but this was uh, – an efficient day by Terry Wilson. Thoughts on the Cats? thought the receivers played well. Oliver, Wagner, Ali, in addition to Bowden, they all played very well. 
Um, so that's a positive sign. It was a little bit of a slow start against a Toledo team that I thought would give them some problems. It wasn't easy. I thought they got the running game going pretty well. Rhodes was good. So, listen, it, it's a nice win versus a good team. Um, it is, uh, you, you know, when you start looking at things, Kentucky is about as consistent and as solid as you can find. I mean, they, they you know what they do. You know what they are. They will get beat. They're teams that are better. But, man, um, they're solidly grounded and well-coached. You look at the East. We know about Georgia. You know, we kind of know what Florida can be. I mean, the up and down, okay, Missouri laying an egg and playing very sloppy football. South Carolina, you know, the questionable coaching. That's two teams. And Listen, I'm one of them that thought, hey, Missouri, great chance to go, you know, seven and oh. Well, they may be seven and one. Who knows? Six and one. Uh, we'll see. But they got a work a lot of work to do. And Kentucky's certainly not gonna have the type of season they did last year. However, anybody want to bet at this point after week one uh, of their chances against a Missouri, against a South Carolina? I mean, Kentucky could have another good year, and who's to say they can't be the third best team in the East? You know, a lot of people, you know, talking about you know, oh, they're going to be the second bet. They're not going to beat Florida. I, I don't I don't see that. Um, and I know they did it last year. It's a reason why it's happened only once in like 25 years. But I think we need to give a lot of credit to Kentucky. They're, they're really good at what they do. They're very well coached. And I don't think they probably get enough credit. They're going to have another good year. And if South Carolina, Missouri doesn't get their head out of another part of their anatomy early, then, you know, then Kentucky might end up being the story again in the East of, hey, look at them. They're fighting for the second place, third place. I mean, it's, you know, this the kudos to them as, again, you know, Tennessee we know is, 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 a, is a mess. Vanderbilt's got limitations. So, listen, why not Kentucky? They're not good enough to beat Georgia. I don't think they're good enough to beat Florida. But why not, you know, Kentucky? They're going to be there. You better bring you some because I do think that South Carolina and Missouri are more talented, but I can tell you this, they're not better coach in Kentucky. No. And if Kentucky wins eight or nine games, uh, losing seven on both sides of the ball, two generational top of players, Josh Allen, and Benny Snell. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, that I'll be honest with you. I was, I was not on the Kentucky bandwagon. I did not think they'd keep it rolling in year number two, but so far, I stand corrected. And and, and and you know what? They may not. But listen, we're talking about week one. That's all we're talking about. And I'm not into making big projections, what it means for the rest of the year. But listen, I'm impressed. When you sit there and watch Tennessee, you watch South Carolina, you watch Missouri on tape, and you see what Kentucky did, you, you have to at this point stand up and say, you know what? Good job. Bad job. Bad job. Bad job. Good job, Kentucky. Yep. Absolutely. Stay tuned. Mississippi State, Arkansas. We reviewed those games. You're locked on SEC football podcast. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Fooker. You are locked on SEC football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. You're locked on SEC football podcast. He's Chris Landry. Go to his website, LandryFootball.com. Learn more about football because that's exactly 
what you will be able to do. And it doesn't matter if you're talking about the NFL, if you're talking about college, or even recruiting. Uh, Chris has got you covered, no question about it. Want to get to the Mississippi State game, but um, first did want to ask you about Arkansas over Portland State. We've talked about uh, who will be in the cellar of the SEC West. It was a win, so congratulations to the Razorbacks, but uh, I don't think they're going to be holding any parades in Fayetteville anytime soon. Yeah, they weren't really sharp on offense. A lot of drop balls, you know, stalled drives. Okay, week one. Um, you just got to get a lot better. I mean, that that's going to be their calling card. I was impressed by their defense. They played very well, got six sacks, number of other pressures, three picks. Uh, but it's a bad offense that they played. Um, they, they were aided greatly by that. Uh, I don't know what uh, – it's going to be interesting. A little peek inside, uh, inside into where we're going to head this week with that, that game is what offense is going to step up. I think Arkansas has got a little bit better offense. Um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see, but that's going to be pivotal. They can't have the drops and the mistakes and the stumbles that they did against Ole Miss. Um, but the, it wasn't really impressive win over Portland state. If they played Memphis, I try to look at it like that too. They played Memphis. They might've lost to Memphis just like Ole Miss did. So, uh, it is a matchup and this is where people that are critical of the conference. And look, I'm, I, I did a, uh, another podcast the other day that was talking about, we get people get too nuts over ranking conferences. I don't know how you rank a conference, Dave. I really don't because conferences don't have a team. They have teams. And so, you know, you're ranking the top, the middle. I mean, but when people that look at the conference and say, you know what? The SEC may be good at the top, but, you know, they're not really good at the bottom. They're talking about Arkansas. They're talking about Ole Miss. Uh, they're talking about Vanderbilt. I mean, they're not very good. Those teams are not very good. Uh, and would struggle in a lot of other leagues. You know, I, I need to see more out of this 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 Arkansas team this year. But Melvin Aiken was was pretty good, and that defense was pretty good. I want to see if they got some confidence uh, off of that uh, against that bad Portland State offense. Mississippi State with a thirty-eight twenty-eight win over uh, Louisiana, and, and I'm curious uh, what you thought of uh, State, and in particular. Um, you know, it's very fortunate for Joe Moorhead. He's able to bring uh, Tommy Stevens, a guy he he worked with there at Penn State. What did you think of Tommy Stevens? Is he a a good fit for this offense moving forward? Oh, I think he's a good fit because he understands it. How effective, how consistent he's going to be to be determined. I thought he was efficient. I thought he did uh, nice things. Um, it wasn't overly impressive. I thought they stalled a little bit more than you'd like to, uh, ideally the, the, the story of the game offensive was Kylan Hill. Uh, he ran the football. Well, I think the defense is more talented than they looked against ULL. ULL is not a bad team. They've got a couple of good receivers, a couple of good backs that be competitive in the Sunbelt, but I just It wasn't a real clean game. I'm curious to see what they do against Southern Miss this week and then Kansas State the next week before they get the aforementioned Kentucky team. So they I, they should be 3-0, and but I got to tell you, I looked at a little Kansas State tape last night, um, and, and that, that's, a, that's a solid football team that you're going to need to play well against. So, look, I, 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 the, we want to see how this offense grows and develops. It, they've lost a lot of defensive personnel 
they're going to need their offense to step up and be a bigger factor. I, I think they can be off of the first week. I'd say it's a mixed bag. That's your Locked on SEC football podcast. We'll begin to look towards week number two. And also, we'll get you caught up to date with all the news of the week as coaches will meet with the media. There will be injury updates and more. And don't forget uh, to leave us a review. We'd certainly appreciate that. And anytime you would like to send a question, go to Twitter and send it via Landry Football at Landry Football or at the Dave Hooker. And We'll answer your questions right here in your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. Have a fantastic day, everyone.